Rhonda Binder runs Binder Business Solutions, LLC, a consultancy that provides strategy for the development of smart and connected communities in high-tech industries. She's also co-founder of Venture Smarter that in 2018 ran the Smart Regions Infrastructure Challenge, gathering participation from over 250 governments and helped stand up the bipartisan U.S. Congressional Smart Cities Caucus. Rhonda uh, previously served as deputy director for the U.S. Department of State and in the West Wing of the White House for Presidents Obama and Clinton, respectively. In between government tours, she's practiced law. Uh, Rhonda most recently returned to her hometown of uh, Jamaica, Queens, and served as the executive director of the Jamaica, Queens Business Improvement District. And under her tenure, Governor Cuomo awarded Jamaica the number one award for downtown revitalization. Jamaica was named the number one hottest neighborhood in New York City by the Wall Street Journal and Street Easy, and she won New York City Small Business Services Neighborhood Challenge Grant, among many other first-time awards for her successful 3T strategy, that's transportation, technology, and tourism for the Jamaica bid. Uh, Rhonda is internationally recognized as a people's choice leader in developing smart and connected communities and was named Queens Chamber of Commerce's Business Leader of the Year. She is on the board for the New York Hall of Science, the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Queens, and Guyanese Girls Rock Foundation. She serves as she also serves on the APAC National Council and the New York Venture Council. Um, uh, Rhonda co-hosts a podcast, New York City Starting Up, and teaches as an adjunct professor in the School of Business at the City University of New York, Medgar Evers College. She's a graduate of Duke University, Georgetown Law, and is an Oxford University Lord Rothmere Scholar, and she currently resides in Queens. Now, Miss Binda, you said that you have time for me always. <laughs> always. I, and I'm so glad that you started this important podcast. I'm really enjoying it. So congratulations. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Listen, I have to uh, maybe we can do kind of a, a, a cross marketing kind of thing. I have to look. I yeah. have to check yours out. I had no idea that you did one until I read your bio. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, first of all, how are you doing today? How are you? I'm doing well, you know, just adjusting to change of weather, but I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So we're, we're going to jump right in on our topic, how to venture smarter. Um, can you describe how your work in government led you to make the transition uh, to the tech industry? And if you can explain us, what what is a smart city? Um, well, you know, thank you for giving me a chance to... Um, you know, to talk a little bit more about what I'm so passionate about and really that's around building um, stronger communities and leveraging technology to do so. And so I want you to imagine that um, your mayor um, gives you 24-7 access to every single meeting that he's having. And um, so imagine that you could sit in on every meeting that Mayor de Blasio was conducting. Mm -hmm. Now, it, because of my work at the State Department working with mayors and governors, 
I really was able to see spectacular things that mayors and governors were doing around the world using technology. And so I did meet such a mayor that had a webcam 24-7 in his office so that any citizen and any resident could see exactly how business was conducted, um, how the decisions were made. Um, and so, you know, we already do this, I think, with the Assembly and City Council, but there's that's just scratching the surface with um, with what we could be using technology for to improve community and citizen engagement with government. And um, really what a smart silly city is, is taking these innovative approach, leveraging technology so that government services are offered in a more efficient way. They're uh, more economical so that we can also save taxpayer dollars by becoming, um, you know, much more efficient. And they're using um, technology tools like the one I just described to have more transparent government. Mm -hmm. And at, the, at its best, it's actually anticipating what the citizen services and the needs are. And so especially as we're collecting more data and with the advent of artificial intelligence, we'll be able to, if we can, apply these technologies, not just for commercial purposes, but apply them to government we can, as I said, save money, save our taxpayers dollars because we're able to, for example, predict where we should be spending, spending the funds and where they're most effectively used. Um, we can improve social um, situations in our, you know, and, and essentially, you know, making communities better places to live, work, uh, visit and play. But also from an environmental perspective, we're also able to live more in harmony with the, with the environment so that the natural environment and the built environment were not so much in conflict and we're living healthier lives. So I really, you know, do um, believe that it was, be I was just inspired um, by working with so many innovative elected officials that were looking at new ways to use technology to improve the lives of their citizens and to improve citizen engagement. So that's sort of what led me back into the tech industry mm -hmm. um, where I had previously practiced law um, as a telecom lawyer, but when I saw that the way that they were marrying it to improve improve communities, improve infrastructure, but really to improve the quality of life, um, that's when I, you know, decided to to really focus in on that 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 area between government and technology and try to close that gap and see how we might be able to um, to bridge that gap through public private partnerships. Okay, so how would you d define a smart city? So, for, you know, for those um, of my, you know, for someone who's never heard that term, you know, um, you know, no one, we don't know what, what, what we heard just now sounded very nice. Um, <laughs> but for those that are not, that are unfamiliar uh, with, with that terminology and, um, you know, maybe they, they have no clue. How would you just, you know, what's, how would you define it in its simplest terms and, you know, break it down? So, um, to, you know, to break it down, I think that it does actually start with a smart city is one that is partnered across those stakeholders. So it's, it's leveraging public-private partnerships, not just the technology itself, but the, par the, par the, the mechanisms of public-private partnerships so that the community, the nonprofits, working with the government, working with the business sector mm -hmm. across. So the areas that, that we, we think that are very important to build the foundation for a smart city, once you have that partnership in place, then to start making an assessment of your community and along these three or four areas of, first of all, connectivity. 
how many people have access to internet, how many businesses have access to internet, how many schools and institutions and nonprofits. So the first, I think the foundation to build a smart city is having that initial connectivity. Mm -hmm. The second would be mobility. So looking at transportation, you know, um, we're here in Queens Mm -hmm. and um, parts of Queens can be considered a transportation desert, although we, you know, we do um, both several transportation hubs, it's still really difficult getting around Queens without a car. Mm-hmm. And so the second the second goal is to really make sure that everyone in the city can have access within 10 or 15 minutes to some mode of public transportation. The third pillar is what we call resilience. So that includes security, um, includes the, the all the issues around climate change, and so we like to call that our CMR approach, connectivity, mobility, resiliency. The last category um, that's also important is future of work. So a smart city is also on top of these cutting edge changes that are disrupting industries like automation and looking at education as key and central to keeping their communities um, workforce ready mm-hmm. and making sure that people are being trained and on, on all of all of the new and exciting things that are coming our way, but making sure that um, as we're um, as we're moving into um, an area of um, of you uh, would say much more people are going into contracting type of jobs. Um, there are a lot more freelancers. Creative skills are going to be more important because of the automation. Mm-hmm. What are we doing to make sure that we foster and we support um, the growth of those industries that are the emerging industries? in our community so that we can stay um, economically viable. Well, um, definitely. um, Well, thank you, first of all, for breaking that down, (laughs) Um, uh, Rhonda, uh, for um, for myself, for my audience. Um, and because these definitely, um, when you were speaking about the four pillars, uh, or the air, the areas that, um, of, of assessment, I guess, um, it would came to mind as you spoke about becoming automated and, and, and AI artificial intelligence. And I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, um, what about jobs? How is this going? How are, how are people that are doing, you know, say customer service type jobs, cashier you know, jobs, uh, how is this going to affect employment of the uh, of the average person, maybe someone who is not as tech savvy? Um, I was just a quick story. I was in CVS the other day and I, I noticed that there was just one person behind the counter and they had just put in these new kind of self-automated uh, um, machines where you, you know, you kind of swipe um, or scan your own items and then you pay for it just using a machine. And I remember, you know, like four or five years ago, the, the counter was at least, you know, three or four cashiers. Um, so um, I, I say that to say um, what, what would be, I guess, the obvious question, what is the cost benefit to these smart cities? So um, I think that the, and most immediately um, there could be, you know, somewhat of an investment that has to be made, whether it's like you're saying education um, mm-hmm. to make sure that your, your community, your cities, literally people are staying, you know, smart and ahead of the curve and able to, um, to be ready for those jobs of the future. For everyone listening to this podcast episode of T's Table Talk, 
Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Audible has an extensive catalog of audiobooks to choose from. My favorites are usually in the self-help category or section of the library. <laughs> I have been using Audible now for about uh, three years, uh, and I've accumulated maybe about 30 titles. I recommend you get an audio book of your choice uh, available at www.audibletrial.com forward slash T's Table Talk. Again, make sure they know that T's Table Talk sent you by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash T's Table Talk. Uh, some of the titles in my library, um, like I said, I'm usually all about the self-help. So um, when Michelle Obama's book Becoming came out, I uh, immediately went to download that. Um, and when I thought about beginning my podcast, I uh, downloaded a book called Starting a Podcast. Um you know, some, I was feeling myself a little bit. I, I felt like a little bit of a boss. So, you know, I wanted to know what I may be up against. So I downloaded 48 Laws of Power in the Art of War. And, uh, and then, you know, I wanted to, you know, still have a little bit of, you know, I wanted to be well read. So I downloaded Wuthering Heights. Um, and then, you know, I like a little bit of, um, horror. So I downloaded Bram Stoker's Dracula uh, uh, on the Celebrity Voices uh, portion. But listen, you have your option of of, of whatever title. Uh, there are more than 180,000 to choose from. Um, you know, I know that uh, currently they have girl, The Girl on the Train. I think that was turned into a film. Uh, uh, the Hobbit by Tolkien. I think there's something... Uh, in, about him, um, Divergent. Uh, there's a host of books and uh, audiobooks, actually. And all you have to do is go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash T's Table Talk. Again, www.audibletrial.com forward slash T's Table Talk. Um, or whether it's in infrastructure itself. But, um, you know, I do think that we are, you know, going on an upward trajectory where we are, we, there are more benefits. We're going to, we are beginning to see the benefits um, outweighing the, what was, might be an initial outlay of cost. So um, whether the benefits, and sometimes these benefits, like we talked about, um, whether it's security where you feel safer because there are more lights um, for you to, to walk down the boulevard or um, it's so somewhat intangible, or you feel healthier because there have been, you know, um, sensors around the neighborhood that have been monitoring um, certain air pollution and health risks that, you know, then, then resulted in a policy outcome as to, you know, for example, when certain trucks or buses um, are permitted to be, you know, in your neighborhood or not. So some of them are, are not as tangible. There'll be more of, you know, we look at, uh, for example, um, in some parts of, of this city in particular, you're seeing more plazas and more walkable areas. Mm -hmm. You're seeing improvements um, around um, around bike lanes to you know ensure that people have various modes of transportation, um, not just, for example, taking um, uh, you know um, um, a, a, a vehicle that you know uses um, gas or electric. So 
we're looking at some of them are intangible, but I definitely, I, I see, especially um, now that it's, there's been, you know, a few, we're a few years into this, into this movement that we're seeing um, so much cost benefits in terms of saving taxpayer dollars. So um, one really cool company that I'm working with now, they have an app um, that's called um, 24-7, um, your 24-7 doctor, right? And so a lot of people right now will call 911 or will call or will go to the emergency room for potentially non-emergency um, health situations. And so to be able to have, um, for example, a, a city or a hospital partnered with a company that is bringing the doctor to your, to your smartphone, that you can have a face-to-face conversation and, and do at least an initial assessment. Um, and perhaps even at that point in time, be able to prescribe to you, it saves, um, it could potentially save the, the city um, from, uh, or, if, or, or the hospital from, from um, dealing with an emergency room um, request. Mm-hmm. It saves mm-hmm. probably time and trouble. And, you know, um, I don't know about you, but it's not always a pleasant experience <laughs> to go see the doctor in their <laughs> office. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's so many, you know, and that's a, that's a telemedicine example, but there's so many applications where um, you could think of that, that if you, for example, monitor the amount of traffic on a particular street, mm-hmm. um, it's not necessarily always um, intuitive that one side versus the other side is getting the same, same um, traffic, thinking that the, that the cars and the vehicles that are moving are making a round trip. Um, stop. Sometimes it's not that way. And if we're able to get more, a little bit more specific, we could, we could understand better, for example, where to pave or say, for example, there's an outage um, um, in, in some, in a gas line or electric line, again, with using some of the smart city technology around sensors, rather than having to investigate an, you know, an entire um, region of where the problem was, you're able to really pinpoint and to respond and so that there's less inconvenience to um, the, the people and the businesses that um, that may be impacted. And so there's, you know, there's so many, I think, more benefits mm-hmm. to go down this path as we, because I, especially if we take the public-private partnership approach, um, the, the communities that are, that are looking to, you know, upgrade their infrastructure and to become quote-unquote smarter, they're going to probably prioritize what they really wanted anyway. Um, and what they True. what's been top of mind and 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 the existing gaps as they're doing their CMR assessment. And so, I, you know, there's just there's just I just think that I just seen tremendous things happen um, that are expected usually, whether it's like an actual um, savings, like for example, um, one of the low hanging fruit that most cities have already done, including a lot of New York, is changing over to LED lights. The immediate immediate cost saving there. Mm-hmm. Um, or more positive externalities that um, really wind up in, you know, a healthier community, a more um, more environmentally friendly. But there's, I, I do think that the that the benefits um, outweigh the cost because we have progressed in a lot of areas, and 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 we've seen the private sector take advantage and move forth and move forward, and and now we're beginning to see the governments also beginning more to embrace technology and see that the, how they can improve. Um, their model as for as as providing government services. Okay, um, I I agree <laughs> with, with your with your last statement there. Um, 
uh, yeah, I think there's definitely, um, you know, when when folks start to see how that, you know, something is working, then it starts to catch on. Um, uh, you know, just living in New York City and 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 just looking at um, a lot of what's what's occurring. Um, I I do understand that uh, economically speaking, um, but I also do know in terms of the environment, um, you know, we definitely need something to happen to, you know, fast. Um, so I, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate all that you're, that you're doing, I guess, um, you're, you're kind of in the awareness, fa- the announcements phase or, or awareness phase. Are you oh, yeah, speaking, no, a doing, lot of it, speaking engagement? Yeah, a lot of it is around education. Mm-hmm. Um, and for example, um, there, the U S conference of mayors and NYU hosted a, a, a group of mayors. They've been here for the past three or four days. A lot of it is working with, with mayors and officials on, understanding um, what's out there, what the risks are involved, mm-hmm. um, helping forge the partnerships between the private sector. Mm-hmm. But I think a big part of this is also the universities, because mm-hmm. um, not only for the future of work aspect of it, but as we're collecting more and more data, within the past two years, we um, have collected 90% of the data that we've ever collected. And that's just going to continue <laughs> to increase. But are we collecting it in ways that can be um, used by people like us who, you know, perhaps want to see what is the particular impact for um, my five block, you know, radius mm-hmm. on, you know, what on, on that in, in, a, in a particular data set. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a very hard to do. That's very technical. And this is where I think I, I, we need to have um, more university partners. But yes, a lot of a lot of it is just spreading the word and education um, Okay. And, um, you know, eventually the work that, that we do, I would like to digitize and just create a, a technology platform itself so that anyone can just jump on there and learn more, connect with these interesting companies and see what, you know, how did that, that program work with that mayor um, that had that 24-7 cam? What were the outcomes? Is this something that we would ever want here? Well, I think I definitely think you're up to the challenge, uh, Rhonda. <laughs> you, you're the one to uh, an, an app sounds like the way to go. <laughs> and, and, and I definitely you. believe you would be the one to to lead that challenge. So so I, I want to say um, thank you so much for 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 the information and for um for this education, um, because um, th- this is extremely interesting, um, and this is good information to know. Um, if my audience wants to learn more about smart cities, uh, how can they do that, and how can they get in touch with you if necessary? If you know, if they're interested in this yeah. initiative, how can they do that? Um, well, I'm. It's just R H O N D A B I N D A. Just my first name, last name at um, at LinkedIn. Um, and I use the same for Twitter and um, Instagram and Facebook and the the podcast that we are we're I'm, I'm following in your footsteps that we are just getting <laughs> getting off the ground. Mm-hmm. The website and there's a, is New York City Starting Up dot com, mm-hmm. and we are putting on there content around policy that we would like to see um, that affect both the the um, that intersection between government and technology. Um, but also just in the startup space and 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 trying to identify some of the blind spots um, around um, the policies that that um, that we need to you know we need to address for our, to support our entrepreneurs and um, and the startup community. 
Wonderful. So those, I would say those would be the um, the best avenues to reach me, and I'm you know I'm very much accessible anytime. Okay. All right. That's wonderful. I I, I really appreciate you. Uh, you know, like I like I when I read your bio in the beginning, you're extremely busy. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, if, if we had more time, I, maybe we'll, we'll get you on again. I, I want to ask you about your work in the West Wing, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm interested. I was a uh, Scandal fan when it was on. <laughs> I love, I love it <laughs> and, and I've never known someone who's actually worked in the West Wing of the White House. So we will we'll make that for ne- we'll make that uh, topic next time. But uh, so so Rhonda, I want to thank you. I know you're pressed for time, so I really want to thank you for joining me today on T's Table Talk, and um, and we'll make sure that uh, this information uh, is shared. Uh, it's very, very important. Uh, and uh, again, thank you so very much for thank coming you, on. Thank you, and I'm, I really appreciate you hosting because, in particular, um, we need to have more women involved in in these discussions, especially around technology. So I'm glad that hopefully um, you have a, um, a a robust male audience as well. But um, I'm glad to see that you are also, you know, targeting issues that are that are important to women. So thank you for taking on this topic. Absolutely, 100%. And if there's anything that I can do offline, let me know. Uh, uh, You have my information, okay? Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Uh, Rhonda Binda. She's highly accomplished, and she is talking about uh, smart cities, um, I think we should all just make sure that we are educated. We get ourselves um, in the know about what's going on in terms of technology today before, you know, it passes us by. We need to know uh, what we need to do to sustain uh, our not just our economy, but our environment. Um, and um, and that includes, uh, of course, you know, um, she she like she mentioned uh, mobility transportation uh which uh all is going to ultimately affects our quality of life as well and you know if you don't keep up you're going to be left behind so uh if you have any questions uh or uh, about uh smart cities uh you can reach out to Rhonda Binda at LinkedIn or Facebook as she mentioned uh she also has a website newyorkcitystartingup.com check it out uh, and get informed. I'd like to thank uh, everyone for joining me today on T's Table Talk. Until next time. Girls, girls, girls,